0: Required minimum distributions, or RMDs, are the amount of money required to be withdrawn from your retirement account once you reach a certain age. In this episode, I'm going to expand on that definition a little bit and explain how it affects individuals. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick, and I am a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week, I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. Required minimum distributions, or RMDs, are the amount of money required to be withdrawn from your retirement account once you reach a certain age. The beauty of most retirement plans is that they allow you to put aside for your retirement and not be taxed on this money when contributed. The money is considered tax-deferred. In other words, you will eventually pay tax on that money, but not until you pull the money out of your retirement account years down the road. This typically will create a deduction on your individual return now if you're using a vehicle such as a traditional IRA. In 2019, individuals may place up to $6,000, $7,000 if you're age 50 or older, in an IRA account. Assuming the individual meets the test in order to deduct the IRA, then the individual will pay less tax in 2019 as their income would be reduced by the IRA. Additionally, individuals may be participants participants in a retirement plan at work, which can include a 401k and or profit-sharing plan. A 401k plan may contain contributions made by an employee through salary reduction. Uh, the salary reduction figure is up to $19,000 in 2019, $25,000, if the participant is age 50 or older. Now, besides the amount of money that an employee may put into a plan through salary reduction, money may also be provided by their employer, which again, whether it's money withheld from the employee's paycheck or whether it's money put in by the employer, there will be no tax on this money until it is withdrawn by the employee. So what happens is there comes a point in time when the government says, You've deferred taxes on this money long enough, and now you must start to pay tax. So let me explain how this works. The general rule is you must take a distribution by April 1st of the year following the calendar year in which you reach age 70 and a half. I know that's a mouthful and leave it to the government to come up with a rule that's based on 70 and a half, not 70 or 71. But this is the law, so let's explain it. Let's say your birthday, your 70th birthday occurs on May 1st of 2019. So you therefore will turn 70 to half on November 1st of 2019, obviously six months later. You would be required to take your first RMD. Now again, this is an RMD based on your 2019 income because you've hit age 70 and a half in 2019. You are required to take your first RMD by April 1st of 2020. For 2019. So again, remember the general rule is that you must take the distribution in the year. So you really, what happens is the first year the government says, we'll allow you a three month extension because, you know, let's face it, some people might turn 70 and a half on July 1st some people might turn seven and a half on December 31st so the government says we'll allow you a three-month extension as long as it as you know because again you normally have to take this by December 31st first. will allow you to go until April 1st of the year following the year um, that you turn seven and a half now what you have to keep in mind is they only allow that in the first year so if you take your 2019 distribution in 2020, let's say you take it in March of 2020, you will have a second distribution you have to take because your 2020 distribution will be, ha- will be due by December 31st of 2020. Your 2021 deduction will be due by December 31st of 2021, et cetera, et cetera. So it's only the first year that you're allowed a little bit of an extension of time. And if you take that extension of time, so in other words, you go into the next calendar year, just be aware you have to take two distributions in that year, one to cover, in our example, one to cover 2019 and one to cover 2020. So that's how it works if you have an IRA. If you're a participant in a 401k plan, profit sharing or 403b plan, then you're required to withdraw your RMD by the f- April 1st following the later of the year you reach age 70 and a half, which is the same rules we just went over for the IRA, or the year in which you retire. So in other words, if you are still working, um, you are not necessarily um, required to take it out when you hit age 70 and a half. You can extend it a little bit if you're still working. However, if you own 5% or more of the company, you are not allowed to delay the payment until you retire. You would have to begin distributions by April 1st following the year you reach age 70 and a half. So it is important to realize here that there's no RMD when dealing with the Roth IRA until after the death of of the participant. The reason for this rule is that the taxpayer took no deduction when he or she originally contributed to the Roth IRA. In addition, Roth IRA grows tax-free, and the taxpayer never pays tax on the principal or earnings as long as they meet all of the requirements. Since the government will receive no taxes when the IRA is withdrawn, there's no RMD. So in other words, they're not going to see any money when you take it out, so therefore they don't care when you take it out. Okay, so now I want to deal with inherited IRAs and when you have to take money out. So there are two different ways that you have to do this, and it depends on whether the person that passed away, the decedent, had reached the required beginning date. So in other words, had they reached that 70 and a half mark or not, or whether they haven't reached that date. So the first situation I'm going to go over is if the IRA owner died before the required beginning date, then if the spouse is the only beneficiary um, the spouse has three options the first is he or she may roll it over into an ira in the spouse's name and begin rmds down the road based on when the spouse ages turns age 70 and a half so this method is applicable when the spouse is considered the owner of the ira so in other words what basically happens is the spouse takes the money and treats it as their own IRA and therefore doesn't have to deal with any required minimum distributions until they reach age 70 and a half. Uh, if the spouse is not for whatever reason um, able to do this maybe not they're not the only beneficiary you can do it over they can do it over life expectancy method so the spouse must begin taking RMDs based on his or her own own life by the later of December 31st of the year after the year of the IRA owner's death or December 31st of the year in which the IRA owner would have turned 70 and a half. So, if the IRA owner um had not turned 70 and a half when they passed away, uh the spouse would be able to delay the RMD under the life expectancy method until the year that the spouse that the spouse who passed away would have reached 70 and a half Uh, and again if you don't use the life expectancy method then the other alternative is what is considered the five-year method you must redeem the entire um, um, amount in the IRA by the fifth year after the year of the IRA owners death now if you're qualified beneficiary other than the spouse If you inherit the IRA, you are not the spouse, you have two options. One is the life expectancy method. You must begin taking RMDs by December 31st of the year after the IRA owner's death so that you don't have the option of waiting until they hit the IRA owner would have been 70 and a half. So you have to take the RMDs by December 31st of the year after the IRA owner's death based on your life expectancy again this is for qualified beneficiaries other than a spouse by your life expectancy beginning with the age you reach in the year after the IRA owners death if all beneficiaries have established their own accounts by December 31st this is the way it would work if all the beneficiaries uh, of the IRA have not established separate accounts you would have to use the life expectancy of the oldest beneficiary Um, on December 31st of the year after the year of the IRA owner's death. So basically, if an IRA owner passes away, let's say they leave a million dollars to four different individuals. If it is set up in such a way that each of the four individuals has that money into their own separate IRA account, they can each use their own ages to determine the life expectancy. If for some reason it has not been separated and it's just one big account, you're going to have to use the oldest um, IRA um, uh, beneficiary's birthday. The reason for that is the older somebody is, um, the faster they have to take the money out. So the IRS is going to say, hey, if you haven't separated it into individual accounts, you're going to have to use the oldest person's account. Uh, and If the qualified beneficiaries choose not to use this life expectancy method, they can also use the five year method. Again, they'd have to redeem the entire account by the end of the fifth year after the year, of the IRA owners death. Now, again, I've been discussing whether it's spouse or other qualified beneficiaries. This everything I've discussed so far is what happens if the IRA owner dies before they started taking any distributions. If the IRA owner has already met their required beginning date, then if the spouse is the only beneficiary, the RMD calculations are based on their required beginning date. So again, this this would be the case when the spouse decides they are the owner of the IRA. If the spouse is not considered the owner, they must use one of the following methods. So again, if the spouse is the owner, they can again put it into their own IRA and again, wait until they reach age 70 and a half. If the spouse inherits the IRA, they must begin by taking RMDs by December 31st of the year after the year of the IRA owner's death based on the longer of the spouse's life expectancy. Again, this is determined when the spouse may may not be the only beneficiary, so they may not be qualified to just put it in their own account and treat it as their own IRA. If that's the case, they have to take it beginning by December 31st of the year after the IRA owner's death, based on the longer of the spouse's life expectancy, which is recalculated each year, or the IRA owner's remaining life expectancy, you may take. Um, you must take an RMD for the year of the IRA owner's death if the owner hasn't already taken one for that year. So if the IRA owner should have taken a distribution during the year but passed away before they were able to do so, you will have to take an IRA IRA distribution for them. Now qualified beneficiaries, if you inherit an IRA and are not the spouse, you must begin by taking RMDs by December 31st of the year after the year of the IRA owner's death based on the longer of your life expectancy or the IRAs owner' remaining life expectancy and again if the IRA owner hadn't taken a distribution and should have you'd have to take one from them so you can see the rules if an IRA owner dies um, after their beginning date unless the spouse is considered the owner where they can roll it into their own IRA account the rules um, being a spouse or for qualified beneficiary are exactly the same to pull the money out. Again, remember going back to if it's before somebody reaches their required beginning date, they're slightly different between a spouse and another qualified beneficiary. Okay, there are also additional rules that come into play when there is no designated beneficiary, such as if the money goes to an estate or a trust. If the decedent did not begin their RMDs, then the money must be distributed over the life expectancy of the oldest trust beneficiary if the beneficiary is a trust or within five years following the death if there is no designated beneficiary. If the RMDs have begun, then the trust will have to withdraw the money over the longer of the life expectancy of the oldest beneficiary of the trust or the deceased owner's remaining life expectancy. Estates will have to continue using the decedent's remaining life expectancy, which means the beneficiaries will probably have to pick up income more rapidly than if they had been named as beneficiaries. Keep in mind, the penalty for not taking an RMD is 50%. Yes, 5-0. So please keep in mind, retirement minimum distributions I'm sorry, retirement minimum dishonor, uh, required minimum distributions can be very tricky and the penalties are massive. Therefore, please make sure to discuss the requirements with a tax professional well versed in the subject. Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com And I'll see you over there. Have a great day.